he was gone. But only for a few hours. And now, he is back. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Get ready for a brand new episode. Are you ready? The O'Neill Africa Experience. Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back to the O'Neill Africa Experience. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is Mood to Swing. It's called Can't Get Away. It's actually a remix version of this song. But listen, welcome to the show. This is the O'Neill Africa Experience. What a week it's been. And what a few two, in fact, what a two days it's been with the weather. It's been amazing. It, it you feels love like, this weather? It feels like the time when Noah and the rain, the flood was coming down. I mean, literally I woke up around three in the morning. I was like, wow, it hasn't stopped raining. And I love raining. Uh, for me, that's my favorite time. I love to be in the studio writing songs or producing when it's raining. So. Well, it would have been nice if we uh, had prepared some kind of arc. Yeah, <laughs> in I preparation, agree. in preparation <laughs> for the for the floods. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. We are powered by hashtag Castle Lights and Locks. I'm with my co-host. 37 MPH Who's beep, dressed beep, to the nines? Sunday's best What's happening with your dress code? No, it's because I'm I'm working with an orchestra at the moment um, Ah, you see yeah, Sophisticated so, guy Yeah, you have to look the part a little bit You know You're beyond I can be, us now I can be thoroughly street But I have to look a, a, a bit You know A bit refined a Well, you bit. look great Thank you, you so great. much From a guy you. to another guy Thank you. Yes. Thanks, man. And also, I mean, we're hanging out with the legend today, so I have to, you know, just Listen, you know, dress it up guys, a little bit. I don't even know how do you even begin to introduce a legend, somebody of PJ Powers' magnitude. Actually, you don't. You their work speak for speaks for them. Yeah. Like this, absolutely. I was thinking about this um, for an entire week because I was trying to figure out how I'm going to introduce. Then I realized. There isn't anything I could possibly say that hasn't already been said about her. Uh, there's no possible adjective I can throw at her that would signify just how powerful and how important yeah. she is to us. Yeah. Uh, and the continent at large. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we've got PJ Powers joining us in studio today. We're going to talk about all things her life as well as get into some live performances. She's got a brand new single, which we will p play today on the show. And hopefully she can perform that for us as well. So listen, guys, I have to be able to remind you 
of who we are talking about. Of course, possibly one of the most recognizable songs in the world. Come alive. This song, this song came out. Is it eighty two or eighty three? No, this actually came out. Uh, eighty two was "You're So Good to Me," and uh, and then Jabalani was eighty. I think eighty four. You don't mm. take me back that far. <laughs> 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 I, when I wrote my book, I was like a chronological nightmare. I said, "You go check it out." <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think eighty four. But you still come alive, and not only that, I noticed your team comes alive as well. Well, I hope so. Um, no, 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 certainly Like they just broke down and started dancing look, I, You I, would think after all these years They would have had enough of it I fire them They gotta love me forever But um, yeah, I'm, what can I say I, uh, I, I've got a lot of energy And look I always you do. have And um I just got paid such huge compliments before I came in here. I'm like floating on air. Gareth gave me some beautiful compliments. You know, 
for me, here's what's it's, it's this is what's most humbling about you is that you come in here very unassuming. You have this catalog, like literally, it's it's so difficult to put um, your credentials into one show. We can't possibly do it. But you're as humble as I can't even put it into words. Like you walk in here, and it feels so natural just having you around. Oh, good. Is this something that you cultivate over a period of time? Is it indicative of your relationship with people in general? You know, I, I think that I made. I think I think I had a very. Hum, my family humbled me when I first became famous because it was a case of don't think you're famous in this house. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was a humbling experience, but I think that. Um, I'm in the service industry. I mean, mm. I know that I'm creative and I know that uh, all of those kind of things. But if you take away all the trappings of fame, all the so-called Very glamour true. of fame, I'm, I'm another person like all of us. And I would rather deal with people on the level as myself rather than my famous self. And I think because that's what's real. I'm not that saying that, so that PJ Powers isn't... You know, isn't real and, and, and I get up there, I love what I do and I wouldn't swap it for the world. But I like to, I like to negotiate my way through life. Being able to look you in the eye. It's cool, man. Otherwise I miss out on so much if you want to yeah. skim through life as a diva, you know. I think you miss things. Do you get nervous? Yes, even I after do. all these years? Uh-huh. You'll notice I was, I was coming in to see where, when, when I could rehearse with the band. <laughs> Tell me, where do the nerves come from? You <laughs> Do I make you nervous? No, it's not that I must it's call my mother right now you know. <laughs> Listen, I made it I just made PJ Powers nervous You know, I think what it is Is that I think the longer you're in this industry The more you have to lose And I think that I have been afforded Such incredible opportunities I have been given so much love And I have so many people That I could let down um, That that is that is what makes me Get a little, a little tense and, and a little bit. I want to be, I want to be what the people expect. I want to be good for them. You know, I do. You've done countless media houses. You've traveled the world. You've traveled the continent. You've been doing this over and over and over mm -hmm. again. What is the one question that you've ever wished that somebody would ask you and they just never got there? Oh, goodness me. I've never been asked that question. That's the question <laughs> I've never been asked, actually. Well asked. Because I have no idea. You have me stumped. I've been asked a lot of questions in 36 years. And you just had me at a loss for words. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, but because I imagine, doesn't it get repetitive at some point? You know, I think that when somebody asks me um, there are certain questions that I want to say but I don't but there are certain questions and also the energy of the person that is interviewing me and there are certain and also when people don't look at me when they're interviewing me that's very disconcerting but there are some questions that I want to say you know why don't you go onto Wikipedia or why don't you just Google that but then I realized that actually some of the facts on Wikipedia and Google are wrong yeah. Like apparently I played with my brother in a band. My brothers are both businessmen. I never played with my brother in a band. So, so I, I, I try to be, um, 
as fresh as I can be. That's why I don't like to be given questions beforehand. Because, I mean, some people want to study questions and I'm like, where's your spontaneity? You know? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. You, um, started off, you were part of a, 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 an all girl band. That's correct. Uh, you later on, uh, joined forces with Hotline. That's correct. Who then, uh, went to their, uh, you, you went your separate ways uh, yes. at some point. Yeah, after eight years. Let's yeah. explore your relationship with the, with the, with the Hotline. Uh, you know, coming from an all girl and bearing in mind that I was 17 when I was in the all girl band and then I was introduced by my manager at the time to a band called Jim Slip, which then became a hotline. And I was very young. I was, I was just 18 and I, um, I was not used to, um, you know, I was very much a mommy's girl at home and I wasn't used to being, although I've got two brothers and a sister, but I wasn't used to being around just men, you know, and I had these four guys who were much older than me and I, I kind of didn't have a voice for the first, I would say the first five years. I'll, I'll never forget we were uh, playing somewhere and I said, this PA system on the left-hand side isn't working. And they said, yeah, right. And like, about 20 minutes later, George, the bass player, came up. He said, the PA on the left-hand side isn't working. They said, really? Really, isn't it? I was like, but I said that, I you, know? Told you know. So, um, but I found my voice mm. uh, sort of halfway through Hotline. Uh, my manager at the time was also quite clever. He, he, I started being PJ Powers and Hotline. Um, and PJ Powers stroke Tandeka and Hotline, uh, very sort of halfway through our, our lives because I think bands do have lifespans. You know, if you're not looking at the Rolling Stones or Harari or, you know, Abakwanyana or the Soul Brothers, bands have life, mm-hmm. they'll have lifespans. Yeah. And I think he could see the writing on the wall. I couldn't. I was devastated when Hotline broke up, you know. You, um, did you meet them in Soweto? Did this happen? Because I know you moved to Soweto. Is it early 80s? No. What happened was um, I was invited to play at the Jabalani Amphitheatre. We're talking about the deep in the dark apartheid days, yes. uh, 1982, when, I mean, this country was in, in its most violent times. That was actually its most violent time. Yes, it was. It was the yeah. most violent yeah. time in, in South Africa's history from yeah. 82 to 94. You know, we had the whole of Encounter uh, Freedom Party at the beginning of the, the 90s. And... Um, Basically, what happened was, you're so good to me, um, which I think we're going to do just now, was basically a simple rock ballad that I'd written. And there were two guys called Vivio and Kansas City that were on the state-run radio called Radio Zulu. You know, they were very clever in those days. Zulu played Zulu, Kosa played Kosa, uh, Venda yeah. played Venda. They, they, it was vernacular stations. And basically what happened was I... Um, I said, Kansas City started playing You're So Good To Me. And so we were invited to play in Soweto and um, I was given the name Tandeka on that day. And I'm lucky because when somebody says to me, what's the best day of your life? It was that day because that day changed my life. That day I saw the system for what it was. I saw the inequalities firsthand. I was young. I was impressionable and I was determined to make a difference from that day. And um, when driving home to Melville, I remember thinking to myself, things are never going to be the same. And they weren't. And I was taken under the wing of the black people in this country. And I have received just endless love. You know, the whites caught on later. They hated me in the beginning, but then they caught on. But the love and the unconditional love and the... It was the first time I felt 
that I had reached like a soft landing. I felt I'm going to be looked after. And that was weird in 1982 in this country. Um, you know, not weird, but it was just, it was, it was a glorious day. And, and, and I, I am forever grateful for it. The name Tandeka. We know uh, you were given this name later yes. on in your life, but do you remember who specifically gave you the name? Yeah, it was Kansas. Uh, no, it was Collins Mashejo and Kansas City. It was at that festival, at that very first Jabalani Amphitheater Festival. Mm. They said, we're going to marry this woman to Soweto. What should we call her? And I, the crowd <laughs> shouted, Tandeka. And I was given a calabash to drink out of. And I looked at Mkombo tea and I thought, uh-uh, I ain't seen nothing like this before. With all the foam and I took a sip and I was, the rest is history. You know, I want to try and go into the, uh, the psychology of um, a young girl, white, uh, at a very turbulent time in, mm-hmm. in, in, in South Africa. Um, the psychology of choosing to... Um, Belong to a group yeah. that was marginalized. Look, it wasn't a popular decision for you to, it couldn't have been a popular decision for you to now start, uh, I don't know, gravitating towards the side which seemed to be despised. Mm-hmm. Take me through what you're going through, your man. How did you justify to, your, to yourself that this is okay? What was your, your background thinking at that particular time? Look, I, I came from a very, um, let me, I don't like the word liberal. I think it's been overused, but a very open-minded family where we were taught, fortunately, we were taught to respect everyone. That, you know, my father, I mean, if we had people working for, I came from a privileged background. If we had people working for us, we were not allowed to ask them to do a thing for us, you know, um, ask anyone. My father said, when you can earn your money, you can employ someone to do something for you. You know, so, and my grand was one of the founder members of the African Children's Feeding Scheme. So I think that I never got any flack from my immediate family. And actually the only people that I really cared about at that time was offending my mum and dad and making it difficult for my, for my, for my close knit family. And none of those people disapproved of what I was doing. So that was the first sort of, okay, that was a tick, a, a, a box ticked. And then I worked out, <laughs> I worked out on, in Jabalani Amphitheater that this is much more fun, man. These people, they know how to groove and they know how to dance and how to clap they know how to have a good time if i'm going to enjoy my career this is where i want to be um not worrying about what size i am or whether i had a big bum or whether i had this or whether i had the next thing just unconditional love i mean it when i say that it wasn't a popular decision but i think that it's a very true saying that evil flourishes when good men do nothing and i think that Having experienced what I experienced when I went into the townships, um, I don't understand people that can be privy to that and not try and do something. I don't, and I don't, I don't understand that psychology. My psychology doesn't puzzle me at all, but that psychology still does. How much did you lose at the time? How much do you think you lost as a result of? Um, your choices. I mean, you were basically always around people whom you were taught, uh, to hate or rather bl- white people were taught, mm-hmm. uh, to hate black people as it were. 
How yeah. much do you think you lost at the time? I certainly wasn't taught that. And I went to a school. It was a convent with Archbishop... Um, uh, uh, what was his name? Gosh, I'll, I'll remember it just now. But we came from a, a, a... I wasn't taught that. But I knew that that was the general feeling. And I knew that it was a risk. That I was taking a big risk. And I knew that I would never win another South African award because it was the regime that gave them out. So I, I knew that I would never win another South African. But, you know, I think there comes a time where you have a choice of... I would have been, I, I would have considered myself, you know, you ask hard questions. Um, I would have considered myself an absolute weakling. That's how I, I was very passionate about the struggle, you know, and when I was banned, I, I have, I have the ANC and, and certain people that looked after me for, for, um, for a long time. So I, as I say, the psychology, my psychology of what I've done with my career and who I chose at that time to side with, if you want to call it that, doesn't puzzle me. But I think that somebody not doing what I would have done, having given that opportunity, that would puzzle me. So basically for you, it was, it was the right thing to do. It, it was, was the, the right only thing to do. Thing to do I hate, you know what? There's something that I, and I can say the word hate. Yeah. It's a very, very severe word, but I hate injustice. I hate it. I think I really do. And what I experienced was just a massive, massive injustice. Now, let's try and navigate the the music space now. You are in the music business mm-hmm. at this very um, troubled time. You obviously um, experienced some kind of resistance from the black community at some point. For those who did not necessarily understand mm-hmm. um, your position. How did you deal with that? Um, first of all, it was few and far between. I'll remember Jabavu Stadium in Soweto and I'll never, Hollywood Bowl. And I will never forget, you know, the, the, the stage was quite low at Jabavu. And I'll never forget a group of young guys walking towards the stage and they were making the sign of hanging me the noose. Well, I want to tell you about 12 big mamas grabbed them, they took them out and they beat the hell out of them. I was like, whoa, stop, stop, you know. So, whilst there was, and there still is, you know, I was asked on on a debate not so long ago, the big debate actually, by a person with a, a ha- hashtag black terrorist. And, um, she said that I had capitalized on um, the 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 conditions of black people in this country and blah blah blah. And I said, you know, Lovey, you must go and do your history. I didn't choose. I was chosen. You know, um, it's not. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have chosen had I been given the choice. But I didn't. This was a. You're so good to me. Was a rock song. You know, and I was. I was chosen and it's it, what happened was it enabled me to stop listening to American music and stop listening to British music and start listening to an unveiling this incredible music that we were sitting on in our own country. Yeah. Um, you know, thing, I mean, Jabalani Amphitheater and the Lion Lager Roadshow, you know, we went around the, the, the country with that, with Brenda, Sipo, um, uh, Soul Brothers, uh, you know, and, and I suddenly thought to myself, where that I had never been exposed to. Mm. I'd only been exposed to the click song. The click song was my favorite song in the whole world, but that was all I'd been exposed to. And th- that when, when that 
gate opened and that came rushing at me. These incredible sounds and these, these, these beautiful rhythms. And I thought, no, this is where I belong. That's amazing. You know, it's, look, it's well documented that tough times build character and you've been through the absolute most. But at oh, some point. I wouldn't point, say that at all. You haven't been through a lot? I've been through, uh, but not. Uh, not comparatively to you know yeah. I don't like victims because I've met real victims I've, mm. and and so I've been through I've had my ups and downs and as I said in an interview the other day I said you know if you want longevity you've got to learn to ride the waves and they do careers do this but I I must say sitting at the moment where I'm sitting and, and doing the work that I'm doing I haven't had tough times comparatively for you to succumb to um Alcohol abuse, yep. which is something you've come out yes, I have. about openly. Yeah. Is that testament to how strong you've tried to be or is it a sign of weakness on your part? You know, that was a very, very difficult decision for me. And I thought to myself, if I out myself, then it's not going to land up on the front page of the Sunday Times or something like that when somebody finds out. Do you know what I'm saying? So I thought to myself, if I out myself, then nobody else can out me. And what I did was I wrote a book with Marianne Tam called Here I Am. And it, it was to do with the politics. It wasn't all about me. It was about the politics of the time and the, and just the, the you know, where I sat with my career in a country like South Africa at that time, you know, when I started. And um, I just decided that I was going to be completely open and honest about my life so that if ever I was up against somebody like yourself, or I could never, ever have to read questions beforehand or say, I don't want to go there or all of that kind of stuff. I decided that the issues that a newspaper or, or that I could be exploited on, I would exploit myself first. How do you it balance? did, however, take me three weeks to press send at the end of writing the book. I can imagine. <laughs> it couldn't have been easy. It was. I, and, and the next day I had such a large ego, I kind of didn't go out for a week because I thought like the whole of South Africa had read my book and they were going to be staring at me. And I, I walked out and like nobody gave a damn. <laughs> was it, <laughs> the book was, did well, but not that well. Was it cathartic in a way? Was yes, it a very, catharsis very, as you were doing it? Very. I had a, a very distant relationship with my dad. And I think that writing that book made me realize how much he loved me. Because I wasn't sure of that because I was the last of four children. Do you think being an artist makes you unusually and uniquely sensitive? Yes, I do. I definitely do. I think that artists, unfortunately, have got an extra dose. Oh, there's some artists that aren't sensitive. I've, I know a few. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but generally, I, I must be honest. I think that, unfortunately, what comes with being artistic and being a real artist uh, is is sensitivity, especially with, with songwriting yeah. and fear. Yeah. What has been the ultimate um, life lesson for you to this point? That nobody is above me and nobody is below me. That at the end of the day, we are all just little people trying to make it on this planet. That's been the biggest lesson. Any regrets on the path you took oh, yeah. up to I've, this point? No, 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 not the path that I took. But uh, I have regrets of the people that I hurt during my days of active of, of, of alcoholism. You know, I've been sober nine years now. And if I look back... 
to what I can remember. Of course, that's a, that, that in itself is a challenge. But, um, I've, I've made amends to a lot of people and some of the people have accepted it and some people haven't. And that's what goes with the territory. And I continue to meet people. And I think, Oh gosh, I remember what I did to you. And, um, I go up there and then and make amends because I, I want to, that is real freedom. That's real freedom. I think. Let's take a look at um, social media, um, mm-hmm. the world today, which is yeah. driven by this social media space compared to, 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 to the world uh-huh. um, as you knew it, especially during the time when South Africa was at its most violent between uh, 1980 and 94. Mm-hmm. When you look at the two worlds, and you have the benefit of hindsight right now. Yeah. You are able to, to think back. Um, would you have imagined things would have developed to the point where they are today? No, I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed that you walk out of the eye shop with a, an iPhone or with the Samsung. And as you walk out, as you hit your car, it starts deteriorating because another one comes out. So I'm still amazed at technology. Are you asking me the pros and the cons? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that whilst we thought there were loads of pros to not living in a technical world, and this is very difficult for me to say because I resisted technology for a very long time because I thought, what is this about that we never engage humanly? And then recently I've been reading articles and, and the yearning to be connected is actually greater than it was then young people for example um i was reading an article last night are now getting rid of their worldly possessions and that all they want is a bag they yeah. want a suitcase so that they can be mobile because they've been exposed to so much more because of social media so i think on the one hand um whilst i thought there was more connectivity i realize now that the yearning to be connected now is greater actually than it was then and i think that that is a good thing I think it's an extremely good thing. What is the one possession that you are mostly protective of? Um, it could be material. It could be just about yourself in general. What's the one thing that you're mostly protective of? Oh, I know what that is. I, that's easy for me. I, uh, well, my most, most protective, the two, my most protective item is my letter that I got from uh, Nelson from Mandela dear. when he was still in prison. And then I lost my mum recently and um, I have a signet ring that she used to wear and I wake up in the middle of the night in sweats. Just, I mean, she had other stuff as well, but that particular thing, mm. um, it's become uh, too, too important actually. I must stand back from that a bit. But Madiba writing to me is, for me, anyone that gets a letter from a man of that statue is, um, is hugely, hugely Lucky and fortunate, you know. Speaking of your mother, may her soul rest yeah, in peace. Um, losing her, does that feel for you like it's unfair that she had to leave you, or does it feel like you've made peace with the situation and um, the life she led and what she shared with you is enough? You know, she died at 93. So I don't want to be selfish here. And I was ready for my mother to go, but I wasn't ready for her to be gone. I'll be perfectly honest with you. And um, I miss her terribly, terribly. 
But I had such a long time with her. And I have to look at the how blessed I am to have had so many years with her. Mm. I, if I'm unselfish, I have to think about people that lose their mother when they're, you know, in their teens or in their thirties. And, and my mum and my mum could have, you know, my dad died at 68, which was far too young. But my mum, you know, 93 is a, is a long time. So I prefer to concentrate as I do regularly is I try to focus on the positive, not the negative. Does loss mean the same um, as it has always meant for you today? And with each loss, does it feel different from the previous or loss? Do you just lump it all together? Is loss just loss to you? Or does it mean different things at different times in your life? It definitely means different things. You know, I lost my 60-year-old cousin as well. We were a very close family. And... You know, for me, Patrick's passing was more traumatic in a way because he was so young. But I know I think that loss can be defined in many, many different ways. And it's certainly not lumped into one barrel. Not for me anyway. You know, I I picked up something and I thought, wow, this, there's something mystical about it. While I was just reading up on you and I realized you did a collaboration with Sfiso. Yes, of you did another. Yes, you also did something with the Radio and Whistle. Yes, I did from Uganda. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, well, Uh, unfortunately, one of the members died as well, and I thought that was very mystical. I was like, wow. Yeah, radio is passing. In fact, I was sitting with my manager today, and I was looking at pictures of us in Uganda. And you know, uh, Home to Africa was a very big hit in Uganda and yeah. in, 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 in East Africa. And Radio just had the most astonishing voice. He really, and he was very funny and he was full of, um, lots of cheek and lots of qualities that I like, you know, yeah. in a person. And I think it must be quite lonely for Weasel. I can see that he's trying to find his ground. Mm. Uh, I see it on Instagram and he's always got a picture of radio with him. And that was, a t- and just, just, you know, the, the circumstances surrounding his death. It's such an avoidable death, you know, and that I think is the travesty. Have you, have you reached out to him recently or since to Weasel? The, the, yeah. Oh, since yeah. The passing yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So how is he doing? He's doing okay, you know. He says he's doing okay, but that's Weasel. Weasel will tell you he's doing okay, you know. He's, um, but I, I think that Chameleon and him, you know, Chameleon is his yes. brother. Um, I think they're both battling. The whole of Uganda. I mean, yeah. it was, it was, it was a, it was a, a, a huge loss. It's a big loss. I mean, he, he, I mean, he has. Uh, you guys are very similar in personality. I've had a pleasure of working with Radio and Weasel. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, on Coke Studio 2016. Okay. I, 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 um, I'm the musical director for Coke Studio Africa. Okay. So, and in 2016, I got to meet them, and and he has such a vibrant personality, mm. extremely creative, you know. And I was there just before um, at the accident. I was there in December. Mm-hmm. I was doing some work, and I got to hang out with the boys. And then a month later, the 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 accident happened, and he died. Yeah. And, you know, literally, you know, whoever I call in Uganda, hey man, I need, can you send me the stems for the song? And it's, it's almost like it's come to a standstill. Nobody. It was a shutdown. It's it's a, it's a proper shutdown. shutdown. You know, because, I mean, there's a huge gap that he's left in the, in the Mm, industry. It's it's an enormous gap. Yeah. But his, uh, we're lucky that we've got something of him. 
Yeah. Okay, we're going to move into music shortly. Ebu? There is an answer. Yes, okay. We'll find a way. Mm-hmm. Help us to put the past behind us. Strangely enough, I wrote that song a million years ago, and it's still applicable right now. <laughs> That's just the thing, right? Yeah, it is. It is still. I could sing that song right now. It's relevant. You know what? I, 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 I I've listened to this song, obviously, over the years. But most songs, especially like um, songs about activism, you know, solidarity, all those things, they tend to sound like somebody's pandering. Mm-hmm. How you were able to take such a powerful song with such a powerful message and make it melodic and give it soul? Because that's the one thing that song has. Look, if you're not going to, if the song's not going to resonate with you in a spice, it's content. You could just fall in love with the melody itself. Yes, absolutely. How did you manage to to do that? I don't know. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was very, I was inspired. Unfortunately. It was the first necklacing that happened in this country that inspired me to write. This is outside one of your concerts, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And the woman in the UDF T-shirt. And um, yeah, so the inspiration for the song. And I, you know, I think when I started writing the lyrics, it was it was a lot different. And then I sat and I thought to myself, "Hang on a second, don't think about yourself here. Think about a nation." That um, is in turmoil And what do you want to do Rub salt in the wounds And I believe if you lose hope You will lose You lose everything Mm -hmm. And I wanted to write a song of hope In the most critical time in this country And uh, so I I, Pretty much the, the the new song Walk in my shoes I'm hoping will inspire people to realize that they've got to get involved with social justice and human rights. Um, and I, I'm hoping that you will say that it has soul as well, because soul is all important. I have listened to it. It's such a powerful song. In fact, we're going to close the show uh, w- w- with that particular song. It's a brand new one. But for now, we have to do There's an Answer. Okay. We, we really have to. Sitting down. This is yeah. really cruel of you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So there you have it, guys. Can you hear the reference? Okay, so the band. Please believe me when I say we have to love each other more than before. With each new day, we have a chance. To share this land we love with one and with all There is a road to harmony A paradise that's filled with truth and dignity There is an answer and we'll find a way Help us to put the past behind us Light of hope that shines on us 
together now We must be brave And show the world that all we need is love Let's make a path of dignity Together you and me will all live peacefully That was amazing. You, you, you say something interesting. You mentioned that it, it, it's awkward that it, it's a re- the song is relevant today. Is yeah, that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I um, I think that everything happens in it the time that it should, and that's a difficult statement for me to make because I feel we lost a bit of ground. But I have to go back to everything is as it should be. You know, um, that's easy for me. Um, for people that haven't received what they were promised and things like that, uh, it's much more difficult. However, I think that, uh, I think that when maybe we lost our way, well, not maybe we lost our way a bit. And I think that, uh, we're pretty much back on the right road. I think that, um, we have a healthy political environment at the moment and, um, I look forward to a prosperous future. How do you stay sane? In South Africa, mm. we're bulletproof, all of us. <laughs> um, how do I stay sane? By, by deconstructing situations, you know. Um, I'm not that sane, by the way. Uh, but, but I try to deconstruct if something's really concerning me. If I deconstruct it, then I can get to the root of what, what it is that's getting me. Yeah. Paul, Paul did, you want to talk about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the, the first thing I actually wanted to say from, from listening to you, to you speak, um, you're absolutely lovable. Oh, um, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so you. much for your gift. Thank you. Uh, now I can completely see uh, that name Tandega fits you because you're such a lovable person. Um, the one thing I can say, um, from just spending this little bit of time with you, um, in Kosa, they say 
indlela um ibuzwa kabaphambili you know uh-huh. basically if you want to get wisdom ask the people that have been there They've before been you know who've walked the journey and and my my take away lesson um from from just the, this interaction is that is is your amazing positive outlook on on everything just leaving the past behind and just striving forward and looking for what's amazing what what uh, the beauty that you can bring to life that's amazing i really love that about you thank you very much i think yeah. we have to learn from our past yeah. but we mustn't drag it exactly exactly yeah. so and then so earlier on in the interview you said something really amazing about um when you stopped listening to american music mm-hmm. and you you went on a journey of discovering african music yep. for me i feel like most of my career i haven't been i, I don't have much of a career as much uh, don't, don't talk you. like that <laughs> okay so most of my career from from the early stages of it i i came into the industry as a hip hop producer yep and within two three years into my career uh, we went on a journey of discovering what is south african hip hop uh-huh. Right. What 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 can we bring to the table that's going to be distinctly different? Um, so we went on a journey. Um, I got tons of CDs, LPs, just to sample and just to understand. And an ex- um, one of the results was a song uh, I did with a group called Black Gold, uh, mm-hmm. and we sampled your song. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. we sampled we sampled Jabulani. Uh-huh. Um, and the song was called Feel Good. Okay. Uh, it was such an amazing song. Uh, it, I think the boys, uh, the, the group is no longer, yes. but it, it, it paved the way so much. Uh-huh. So what, um, what's your outlook on, on, on sample, sampling? If someone were to, to come in and use your music and, and make something, oh, obviously legally. Oh no, I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah. I mean, what's to, music is to be shared. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm completely cool with that. that I think awesome. it's a compliment. That is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. I'm completely cool with that. Now we're so grateful and I'm, I'm super thankful for your gift. Go I mean, ahead and yeah. use another song. <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, from this week, I, I, I went and did so much more research. I'm like, there's so many more songs. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I know. need five hours with you. Yeah. I just need five hours with you to just get into your head and just see. You're, doing, you're not doing such a bad job. <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk about your new song. Yes. Uh, is it Walk in My Shoes? Yes. Uh, talk to me about what was happening here. What's happening here? Why, why this particular song? What's happening is if for the last two years, I've been involved, um, with a, an NGO called Colisa Social Solutions, which was started by this woman sitting here in the studio, Leslie Fancel, 20 years ago. And I kind of like the credentials of an NGO being alive and well 20 years later, because mm. just recently we've, we've known that NGOs you find out the truth <laughs> after a couple of years or a couple of months and then there's tragedy and all of that sort of thing. And how the, the, the organization started was um, basically um, uh, uh, re- restorative justice in the, in the prison system. And it's grown and grown and grown. And now we are, we've teamed up with um, Tuli Madoncela, which is extremely exciting. Um, we, we had a, a launch of the partnership, the Tuma Foundation and uh, Colisa on the 20th of February. And um, social justice and human rights are something that uh, you know, I think you can tell my music speaks for itself that uh, it's always been a topic that I've gone back to and back and back and back to. And so uh, what I did was uh, what inspired the song was I went into Clip Town and, you know, I'm a Soweto girl, so I I know Soweto fairly well. And I went into Clip Town and I, I looked at the Freedom Charter 
the monument and I looked at the hotel and then I looked at a railway line which has live wires, exposed wires where children are just walking. They have to walk over that railway and they are falling and they are dying. And I looked at the Nkukus. And I thought, hang on a second, something doesn't fit here. We've got the hotel here and we've got this happening here. And I tried to, and I, I'm working with a group in Clip Town, uh, quite a, and a couple of young people and, 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 and elderly people who we've just discovered are, are really a, a worthwhile, um, they, they, they can knit, they can bead, they can do all they needed was glasses, you know, so it's a sim- simplifying and finding solutions and, um, hence social solutions. And what I did was walk in my shoes. I decided I want to write it in the first person because I wanted it to be. I tried to climb ahead into, I mean, into the heads of what it would be like as a impoverished, uh, marginalized person to walk into a room with a person that had everything and all the opportunities in the world. What would I say? And that is how I wrote the song. Um, is and and I I did I played it before I recorded it I played the lyrics to the groups that I work with in police I mean in 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 Cliptown and they all had tears and they all said you have found our voice so that was a that's the biggest compliment I could get and I hope this resonates with everyone because we need to become aware. Alright, it's a brand new one from PJ Powers, Walk in My Shoes. When we come back, we wrap up the show. Stay with us. Hi there. I'd like to introduce myself to you. It's good to meet you and I never thought we'd be standing here in the same room. I bet if you were to let go of your fears and take a deep look into my eyes, you'd find a little piece of you in me. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's all bad But when I look around I have to agree That mostly I'm hopeful Proud but sad So won't you take A walk in my shoes Together I I know you will understand that we dare to dream. Oh, yes, just take a walk in my shoes. I'm inviting you into my world, and I hope you agree. Like 
to the stories of your life. And if you have the time, then I could tell you all about the things I hope to achieve. Look up, and one day I will shine as bright as the stars. Joining hands together, we'll be a part of what we can imagine. We can all be. I don't wanna feel like like a stranger no more. Ready now to be my best. It's time to unlock the door. Oh, don't you take what in my shoes? Together, I know we will understand that we dare to dream. What amazing production Ladies and gentlemen PJ Powers It's a brand new one It's called Walk in my shoes Remember we are powered by Hashtag Castle Lights and Locks But quickly before we even leave I need to remind you to catch Chance the Rapper Along with Shane Eagle Nadia Nakai and Frank Casino at the Castle Lights and Locks concert at the Ticket Pro Dome in Joburg on the 30th of April. The next day is a holiday, so you have no reason not to attend. Make sure you get your tickets now at CompuTicket for the Castle Lights and Locks concert. You do not want to miss this. Plus, don't forget to catch uh, the, the podcast of what was happening here today uh, between any time from 6 p.m. today. PJ Powers, thank you very much for thank coming through. Thank you so much, Anil. It's been great, and thank, thank you, you so much. Guys, thank you very much. The new song, the production on this is insane. Yeah, I, I'm very happy with the production, and it's by a man called Marius Brower. He does a lot of stuff, um, and he's what he's done is he's put indigenous instruments in there. You'll hear the didgeridoo it's, it's, from yeah. all it's over so the world. It's so powerful. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want it cluttered. I want it to is so it. powerful. Thank you for sharing Thank yourself you so with much. us all these years. Please do come back again. I will. To all see right. you especially. Thank to see you. If I can avoid your difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> I found that question. I've never been asked. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. Much love to my producer, Pelas, for putting the show together, my co-host and Poi as well. For joining us, we're out of here. We're back again next week, Friday. Thank you for hanging. Thank you so much. Drive carefully. It began in Africa. The O'Neill Africa Experience. The heartbeat of the diaspora. CliffCentral.com